the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Thank you so much for joining us today on Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. I'm Baron Wiley. So grateful that you're here. I'm going to let you look behind the curtain for just a second. What people don't know, Pastor Sean, is that before we begin every podcast, and we're in the fourth season, by the way, I want you to know, we're probably finishing up the fourth and going into our fifth year of doing this. Wow. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) The seven people listening love it. And that's why, Baron. Well, I told you a story that people do listen because I got a phone call myself that's might help me but awesome yeah uh but before we begin we always pray yeah yeah and usually you just pray before you eat type of thing mm. maybe before you go to bed when you early rise like you do. no i would say not usually oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> usually what sort of pagans are you talking to but this is important yeah you do this for and thank you for leading us i lead it sometimes but for the most part uh, who wants to pray and you're yeah. the only guy <laughs> in the room <laughs> uh honestly of course this is a uh we, we have fun. We love having fun. We love talking about issues and just, you know, but ultimately it's all to shine the light of God's word, his love, his spirit on whatever it is we're discussing. We want to look at things from a biblical perspective. And so I want us to be clear. This is a ultimately, uh, we, we have a good time, but it is a communication ministry and we want people to maybe think about things a little differently, hear some th- about some things maybe they weren't aware of. And that's why we do it. So, man, we bathe it in prayer. Amen. That, that is the goal. And uh, again, I can testify that people do listen. Woo! I told you there. So a person called me. We did a show a while back just kind of on time management. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. On, on, on For me, it turned into a, a show to, to help me do my job better. And so someone responded to the podcast. And I might have my problem solved. Thanks, awesome. to, thanks awesome. to this program. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm very excited to hear that. I am amazed at the people I hear who listen to the program or who they're aware of what we're doing. And I just think it's cool. Yeah. We do it to encourage our people here at River City and the people in our circle, our network. But there's people all over who are listening, and we're grateful for that. Very good. Very good. Uh, let me ask you a personal question here, Pastor Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, are you sore? I hear you're digging a well or something. Oh, I'm not digging a well. <laughs> no? <laughs> what are you doing? Here in the year 1826, <laughs> I'm out digging a well. Uh, no, know. we're building a well house. I had oh. some friends come over and help me build a well house. But yes, no, I am a little sore because I'm not in shape for these sorts of things. <laughs> and you know, I'm not like doing the heavy building. I'm carrying things or, you know. You're holding the flashlight. Huh? I'm holding the flashlight. <laughs> Flashlight, insightful comments, banter, well, comedy as, as needed. Uh, no, um, but right. uh, we've been through so many winters, and I'm, what I have been doing, I have a well that kind of has a. You got the one end, and then you've got the where the tank is and the other stuff, and then you got a long pole before it goes in the ground. I've literally been using sawhorses and covering it with with tarps nice. and putting lights under there. So now I'll have a. Proper well house, which will be nice. What is this, Louisiana? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going on over there? Right. Hey, we're Texas Hill Country, Baron. That's right. We're Texas Hill Country. We yeah. take we take our, our freezes serious. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Well, we're about due for for the next freeze. Yeah, we're okay for a little while, but my well house will be ready. 
Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Jonas, let's move along here. Uh, we always do like to have fun. And I just, for the record, uh, go Cowboys. Uh, we got the big win. Brady may be his last game. Wow. That was a, Very that was wild. I, that was a, a, they took him out to the woodshed. Yeah. Great for the Cowboys. Great win. Very exciting. What about that poor kicker? No What's joke. his name? I, I, I can't Mahar. remember. Oh, that yeah. poor Brett dude. Mahar. And he's a good kicker. Well, he, you know what he did a few weeks ago, about a month ago, he kicked a 60-yard field goal, threw the flag, you got to kick it again, and he nailed it again. He, see, he hit like two 64-yard field goals in a row, which had never been done. That's what it is. Extra points are just too just easy, easy for him. And he got in his head. He missed four. four. And, and here's the thing. You or I have a bad day at work, okay? <laughs> it's not in front of like 80,000 people and then millions watching on TV, okay? And- Right, and then the social media afterwards of getting roasted. And- oh, that poor guy. I just felt bad for him. Yeah, well, God bless him. He made the fifth one, got his mojo back, yes, he did. and they're going to San Francisco. Yes, now. they are. Yes, they are. All right. We'll put that one for the record books. We'll talk to you next week and see what happens. Yeah, next. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the news, Pastor Sean, uh, I understand that uh, you're moving all of your equipment, all of your secret documents to your garage now, <laughs> right? Right next to my <laughs> next to my Corvette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I have, I don't, my secret, I don't have many, nobody cares about my secret documents, okay? <laughs> so they probably are in the garage. <laughs> probably. That's good. That's They're good. a secret from me. But again, here's again a great example of the, oh, well, you know, it was a Mistake. President gets a pass. We move on. Is that all right with you? Well, hey, you know the law is the law, yeah. right? We all, we all understand that. But the irony is, of course, how much the political opponents of Donald Trump were aha documents at Mar-a-Lago, you know, and it's it's like yeah, that's I think the law should be taken seriously mm-hmm. all the way across the board. But now it has totally made this a fiasco where it's like okay, this probably was a great day for former president Donald Trump because it's very unlikely now that he's going to be prosecuted and by, by the way none of that should make a difference right <laughs> shouldn't make a difference that you're a president shouldn't make a difference that you're a former president if, if it was against the law it should be dealt with um, I mean I understand you can't prosecute a president and there, there are protections because of what they have to do but it's just ironic and it's just one of these things the difference in the way it's been handled in the media is for me the biggest part of the story every time because if media were honest and objective then I think we would we would handle these things differently but it's you know it's just one of these things where this is kind of a humorous turn of events mm-hmm. and again they all say it's inconvenient now because he's getting ready to announce his reelection and yeah. uh, mm-hmm but probably perfect to yes. just get it all out and get it behind them. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just one of those things that it just shows you, you know, why you can't put your hope in politics. You can't hope, put your hope in politicians. Mm. Um, it's always, uh, it's all, you just go to these people who they will condemn one minute and they find, Oh, the, he condemned so hard cause he was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And, and again, do I, do I think it's a big deal? I don't know. I, I don't know enough to know. I, it's the law. You should obey the law. I think they've got enough. They've got so many lawyers. They can't figure out. Hey, I probably shouldn't store my documents in my closet at my home, or in my garage, yeah. or in the garbage can out back, <laughs> which is where I heard they found some of Barack Obama's private. Oh no, that's not. <laughs> that, I made that up. Okay, <laughs> his were under the porch out back. You know exactly. Well, Pastor Sean, uh, another thing that made the news that I thought was interesting and 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 shared with you is uh, what well, this made national news. Uh, in a local story there in Minnesota at the Mall of the America, uh, this gentleman was uh, witnessing outside the mall. He goes inside the mall with his Jesus Saves T-shirts, and all of a sudden he gets complaints, and security has to tell him to take off his shirt or will be forced to kick you out. Did right. You, I'm sorry. Do I not have the, the, the freedom in this country to, to wear my shirt? 
Yeah, um, that's a th- this is a pretty nuanced story. Mm-hmm. Okay, the gentleman's name was Paul Shuro, and the information that got put out was that he was asked to leave because of his shirt, and his T-shirt had the coexist thing on it. Yeah, you know the coexist thing that people have on bumper stickers, all the different symbols of religions, and that's crossed out. And Jesus is the only way, kind of thing mm-hmm. on the shirt, and so you, the video that has been circulated and very public was. Uh, the video of them security asking him, sir, you got to take the shirt off. And he had a shirt underneath it. So they're not asking him to just uh, go right. bare chested there in the mall. But they're just saying, you got to take the t shirt off. It's, some people complained about it. We have a policy against soliciting and things like that. And so when you look at that, it's kind of, it's kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea of it, somewhere in America where you can't enjoy your religious freedom of simply wearing a shirt that communicates a Christian message or it's quite frankly in a Muslim message or some other, the, the idea of that is pretty shocking yeah. in the United States of America. So obviously people get offended. They get up in arms. There's a whole group planning on going and wearing intentionally wearing Christian t-shirts there in the mall. And on the face of it, it's like, wow, that is really an alarming thing mm-hmm. to see someone be thrown out for wearing a shirt, whether or not that's the whole story. Because come to find out, after you, if you'll read a little deeper, which, by the way, let me just pause. Let's do a rabbit trail here. This is Pastor Sean's rabbit trail. <laughs> Brought to you by. Come with me. <laughs> nice. Uh, the, the, the fact is, always read on. Mm-hmm. Read the whole story. Media is designed. They, they, they want clicks. This has got a lot of clicks. So always read. Read multiple sources. Mm-hmm. Read the local sources. National media is so far away from things, and they kind of just push in an agenda so many times. If you go to the local source, you'll get more. You'll find out what was really happening or what's their extenuating circumstances. Was there more? It turns out this individual, this guy, was preaching at mm-hmm. the mall mm-hmm. outside and then came inside, and he was being very, you know, he was preaching pretty heavy and you know people were bothered by being approached and so that's when someone complained to security and they came and they just said yeah we have a policy against anything with religious or whatever they may have that policy about being offensive to religion Mm. which is what their thing was and i think because it crossed out those little religious symbols on the coexist thing yeah that that was their reasoning but the fact is he had been preaching street preaching at the mall, and then he did come inside, and assuming he was still kind of doing that, witnessing with his shirt, and, you know, they considered it soliciting, and they asked him to stop. Now, let's take that issue right there. I wasn't there. Maybe more will come out. I don't know for sure what his demeanor was like. I think it's sad that they would go at the shirt one way or another, but the big question for me is, okay, what's helpful to the gospel? Mm -hmm. What's helpful to the cause of the gospel? Because I've got I've got real life shirts. I got a great Christian T-shirt that someone someone bought me. Uh, Julie Ebarb, my wife's cousin, bought me a <clears throat> gray shirt and has this kind of old timey picture of Jesus. You know, picture G- the Jesus pictured on the wall, and he's got, it's got like his hand up, like he's preaching. And what it says is, "I never said that." Oh, that's good. <laughs> I love that shirt. Yeah, yeah. because all the stuff people say, "Doesn't Jesus say?" or "Didn't Jesus say?" It's like, nah. yeah, no, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus didn't say that. So I like a good Jesus shirt as much as the next, next guy. guy. Right. <laughs> How come no other uh, religions have their own gear? I don't see any. Well, well Christianity has been dominant faith in America. So, yeah, okay. And we, we know gear. All right. <laughs> so, I don't know what's going to happen when all of a sudden, you know, other religions, you know, yeah. the rabbis start putting out They're swag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, which is a Yiddish word, by the way. So swag is, I think. 
Wow. <laughs> what is it's wrong? Re- retail. You know, come on. <laughs> what? Wow. What is wrong with you? Okay, let's get to We're, the point in yeah. hand. All right? Because there's a serious subject under this whole thing. Right. And that is what is helpful. How mm-hmm. do I share my faith and let people know I'm a believer mm-hmm. and kind of do it in a way that makes people curious? Okay. I want to make people curious not I don't want to repulse them or repel them. One of my favorite verses in this regard, and I think it's so significant, it's First Peter 3.15. And what Peter writes is, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. It goes on to say, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. That's one of those things that, you just understand so much in that passage. So if I want to share my faith, is it okay to wear a Christian t-shirt? Sure it is. Mm-hmm. Hat, yeah, great. But do you want to be obnoxious? Do you want to be offensive? Do you want to be in your face? Is this about pushing my rights? Hmm. Is that what I'm doing here? Is this about, about... Freedom of speech? Yeah. Is this about my freedom of speech? Actually, no, it's not. Hmm. It's supposed to be about representing Christ. And that always begins with your behavior, doesn't it? When it says... But in your hearts, honor Christ. It starts in my heart. Honor him, the Lord, as holy. First thing I am saying, Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the one who is over all. Mm. Okay, I'm your servant. I'm not, I'm not your press secretary. Okay, I'm not your PR guy. Mm-hmm. I'm your servant. Mm. And so today, Lord, how do you want me to serve you? Today, who are we going to minister to. I know you've asked me to serve. You've asked me to love people. You've asked me to share the gospel in a way that is helpful and life-giving. So Lord, how are we going to do that today? That's how you start the day. That's where you honor the Lord in your heart. Mm. But he goes on and he said, always being prepared to make defense to anyone asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. How do they know the hope that's in me? Because they've been around me. They can see I live life with hope. You know, one of the toughest things to see someone who's negative, complaining, a little bit bitter, but then they get the Christian t-shirt on and they're going to go and they're going to shout at people and tell them they need to love Jesus like I do, right? The point of this, and I'm not saying you should never share with someone who hasn't specifically asked you, but man, it's powerful when they do. Mm-hmm. When someone, when, they, when people have seen Jesus in you, they've seen that your faith is different. You, you put your faith in something else and it changes how you behave. Your hope is different. You're going through hard things, but you don't have despair. You have hope because you don't believe that circumstance is going to have the final word. Jesus is. Amen. So that's a powerful thing when someone says, what is it with you? Or how can you, how can you be so optimistic in, this, in the midst of something so difficult? Or how can you be at so calm and at peace? And that, it's like, okay, softball pitch, right? Right. Now it's like, well, because I trust the Lord who holds today and tomorrow. And, and now you have a conversation. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean I've mean, i been to church, and I, I, I don't know about that. No, this isn't about going to church. Going to church is great. My best friends in the world are from church. But this is about I, I have a Savior who loves me and cares for me and has given me life. I'm not a victim of my circumstances. Look how natural that is. Because first, you honored Christ in your heart. And then that came out in the hope that you live with. And ultimately, someone asks you. Someone comes and says, what is, what is that all about? That's, that's the most powerful way to share your faith, I think. Yeah, a peace that passes understanding, maybe. Oh, yeah. And the joy of the Lord. Yes. You can see that. Yes. 
it's visible. Uh, well, if I can kind of go back to this gentleman here, uh, I don't know if his church has a street preaching ministry inside the church, but it's not something that I ever seen uh, churches offer as a, as, a, as, a, as a witnessing tool, you know? Uh, well, no, there's a lot of people who are, who are taught and trained in that method. And you got to understand, one of the hits against the church, I think, and I think it, in many places it's legitimate, is that we don't read our mission field. You know, as a missionary, you go into a country and you study the country, you study the customs, you learn language, you literally learn to come alongside people and just love them and be among them before you start preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. You asked if churches are training in that. Churches used to, mm-hmm. because back in the day, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, that was how people, political speeches were given that way. There, That was a much mm-hmm. more kind of, it was done. Well, you have to change with the times. The gospel doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The message does not change. Okay, But our method of delivery better change because we're speaking to different people. And missionaries do this naturally. They just know to come in and I, I better understand the culture before I start going. Well, the church, while our missionaries are doing that overseas, we're not doing it here. And America has changed on us. Mm-hmm. And so we better figure that out because one of the things it says here in this, uh, in this passage that's so important, you know, be ready to make a defense when anyone asks you a reason for the hope that's in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And gentleness and respect have cultural implications. What's gentle and respectful in one culture might be different than in another culture. One culture may be, there maybe there's a place, maybe in the community people are open and they share ideas and they're yelling and, and that's a normal thing and it's, it's accepted and it's part of the culture. Well, great, then do it. But in another culture, maybe that's not done. Yeah. And as a Christ follower, our goal is to do this with gentleness and respect. Not, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, you're going to burn if you don't turn. All those things, mm-hmm. they're not helpful. Coming alongside, and I'm not suggesting we don't tell the truth of eternal judgment, we don't tell the truth of sin, we don't talk about repentance, no, we we will talk about all those things. But do it in the context of a relationship. Do it in the context of being asked. Do it in the context of being gentle and respectful. Then share every door the Lord opens for you, have the boldness and walk through. Mm. And then it comes with something we talked about last week, Pastor Sean, is, is to have that relationship with the Lord, and that means staying in the Word, and make disciples, yep. right? Yep. And if you understand the first century, and you understand how they shared, you see, you read the New Testament, read the book of Acts, mm-hmm. and see how they went, and how they waited to be invited into certain places, and how they would talk to individuals who they had struck up a relationship with. It's all right there in the New Testament. But we have to understand so much of what we're shaped by is an American culture, an American Christianity that was the dominant cultural religion. Mm -hmm. And so there's some privileges and some things that we did that we just assumed and we think are going to continue forever, and they're not. Mm -hmm. America's changed. You know, we're not a predominantly Christian nation. Wait a minute. Statistics say most people are Christians. Yeah. You really believe? Look around. Mm -hmm. You believe most... People are followers of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about they're a member of a Christian denomination. I'm talking about they are followers of Jesus Christ. They are disciples. And the fact is they're not. Let's go back to this coexist thing that's that's popular. You see now you see the bumper yeah. stickers yeah. and the t shirts yeah. with all that. And so, hey, uh, there is more than one way to God. And this guy's saying, No, let's cross that out. There's not, which is again, to their point, that's oh, offensive. You just crossed out my religion. Uh, is Jesus Christ the only way? 
Of course, Jesus Christ is the only way. Yeah. John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Okay? That is a religious faith perspective. And we're not going to argue someone. We're not going to sit there and, you know, the coexist thing, mm -hmm. that's, that's written by someone who is not a believer in any of those religions. Okay? <laughs> Just understand that, right. okay? A, a Muslim did not write the coexist thing, exactly. okay? An Orthodox Jew doesn't believe in the coexist thing. Now, might a secular Jew, someone who's Jewish by nationality or maybe Reformed, be much more open or tolerant? There are very secular Muslims who are, yeah, that's my history, but I'm, I'm not very religious that way, just like there are Christians. Mm -hmm. There are Christians who, well, that's my background and stuff, but, you know, there's lots of ways to God. Okay, that coexist thing was not the product of someone who is a serious mm -hmm. adherent to one of those faiths. Okay. It's, it's the, the, it's kind of a, a pluralistic kind of many ways to God. So don't tell me mine isn't valid and yours isn't and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. So one, while I think that message is false, I, I don't take it very seriously except to say that comes from a philosophical framework mm -hmm. that actually is pretty prevalent. Yeah. So while they're not religious, they're not adherents to any of these faiths, really, because all these faiths are exclusive, right? right? Right. None of them believe that, oh, yeah, you just go over to that other faith and that's, you know, or you do whatever you want and you'll be fine. Uh, they don't. None of them teach that. Right. So we just need to understand that and understand that coexist thing is just basically for people who are saying, hey, don't let religion be too big a deal in your life that it causes you to divide with anyone. Which takes away from the truth. Right. It well, it takes away from the truth. And by the way, just coexist. Nothing wrong Can, with that, right? You, no. The, <laughs> the point is we want to coexist, of course. Right. And I don't want to force my Christian faith on anyone, mm -hmm. right? For it to be valid, it has to be voluntary. It can't be. I can't legislate it. I can't push it on someone else and have it be valid. I don't want someone to make a confession of faith just to get rid of me or, right. to, or because I have some enforcement mechanism that I'm using to coerce them. Uh, no, that violates the, the, the whole point. That's why when people talk about Christian nationalism, oh, you're, are you a Christian nationalist? Uh, first, I don't know many Christian nationalists, mm -hmm. okay? Are there people who think, oh, man, it'd be nice if the government was run by Christians? And like, Yes, of course there are. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't, I don't have their, that could very well be true. But if they're run by true Christ followers, what the last thing they would do is legislate Christianity on everyone. Right. They would simply create an environment where there is the freedom for people to hear and to have the opportunity to follow Jesus. That's, that's really all a Christian wants. Very you know? good. All right, so Pastor Sean, putting a big bow on all this, uh, bottom line uh, would be uh, let them know we are Christians by our love. That's a great bottom line. That's yeah. a great and it's, and a great song from the seventies. Let's all sing. <laughs> uh, no, Jesus said, "By this law, men know you're my disciples that you love one another." Um, yeah, I, I think I think we should be like. I'm not sitting in criticism of this brother in in Minnesota. Okay, I think he probably could have gone about it a better way, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I wasn't there. Right. I can't. I can't say. Um, for me, I'm I'm like okay. Let's let's keep that that passage from first peter you know 315 you know let's honor christ first let's live with such a hope that people go why what, what is it that you know mm -hmm. what is it that you have and let's then when we're asked let's share mm -hmm. share boldly share freely 
and but do it with a gentleness and respect, not slamming the Bible, not screaming at people to repent, not telling people you're wrong, um, not slamming their faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can tell someone I don't believe I don't believe that is truth. I can tell someone about Jesus without being insulting about their faith. Right. I can even point out and I say I don't believe that. I don't believe that's true. But I don't need to be insulting about their faith. And so as Christians, we do that gentleness and respect thing. Share the gospel. Share it with love. You've been you have a relationship that has changed your life. How can you keep that secret? Right. You know, God is present every day. As you trust him, he does powerful, miraculous things. That's gonna come out. You're gonna share that. Right. And when you hear when you see someone walking through something and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm going to pray for you because, man, God is amazing. And I believe he can come alongside you. And I believe he can do something on your behalf if you'll trust him. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to, to have that in you. I think every follower of Jesus who's had a real experience with him, there's that desire. I want others to know this, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not going to scream anybody into the kingdom of heaven. Not today. I, I, I do think there was a day when the idea of a person on a soapbox on a street corner was a compelling thing, and people, oh, that's a point of interest, let's stop. But I don't think that's today. I think there's been too much history, and I think today we have to take an approach that is appropriate and that people are receptive to. Another 70s song that comes to mind is Hide It Under a Bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Pastor John, good word today, my friend. Thank you for, for sharing from your heart. Kind of off the cuff there. We just kind of went off on that. And, yeah, it's and, great. And wonderful. Thanks, man. And uh, again, if you'd like a copy of this, if you'd like a transcript of this uh, podcast, you may start writing now when you <laughs> start at the beginning. <laughs> let us know when you're done. <laughs> we, we'd like a copy of that. That's for sure. Uh, but it's all available for you, uh, this podcast, on several platform channels. As you know, you're listening to it. Please share it. Let people know uh, that there's good news, there's good fun, and uh, there's a there's a kingdom principle here that's yeah. happening here. And it's sharing the good news, reflecting the faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. God bless you. I pray that you have an amazing week. And I pray you have an opportunity to, to share the gospel with someone who asks. And I pray that you're able to do it with gentleness and respect and to see good fruit. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.